Dukes has twang. Does your mayo have it? Do you ask for it by name when you go out to eat? Do you display your devotion to it for all the world to see? Can it elevate your lime cilantro aioli to a level that's borderline holy? If not, you're probably using the wrong mayo. That's because only Duke's mayo has twang. It's that little southern something that elevates food from good to downright ridiculous. Get Duke's. It's got twang. Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Monday, everybody, and welcome in to the Gramlick and MacLean podcast, episode 242. Mac, for some reason, I almost said 2042. Wow, man, we are not there yet. (laughs) Quick, quick math. How do we get to 2000? How many years has it been? That's going to be a long time. That's going to be another decades, um, (laughs) plural. So we'll we'll get there eventually. But this is episode 242, and our podcast, our little little podcast, is sponsored by Duke's Bayo, and we. Appreciate our great friends over at Duke's Mayo. And speaking of Duke's Mayo, we know, of course, they're sponsoring the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Today, we thought on a Monday, as bowl season gets started this week, we would give you some initial thoughts, initial picks, kind of a 10,000-foot view on all of these ACC bowl games. We've got nine bowl games, Mac, and we're going to run through all of them. This is going to be fun. Come on. I'm jacked up, KG. There's a lot of... Really good brands. Just when you kind of look at this thing and, and you're looking at the list, you're looking at the matchup, you're just kind of like, man, that, that's exciting to see Cincinnati on an eight. Uh, you, you see Oregon, top uh, 15 mm-hmm. team there with, with Oregon. You see Oklahoma, the massive brand, Tennessee, Maryland, a, a fun back blast from the past there, ACC rival, and, and of course, UCLA. So we're going to jump into all these. There's a couple I didn't mention that are still fun games that we'll talk about. Um <laughs> But just when all the, these bowls were rolling out, KG, I was just looking at it like, dang, these are some these are some nice brands. This is potential yeah. for some really good wins here for the conference. And and anytime you go outside of the ACC and you're, you're waving that flag, you've got to have that pride. You've got to get it done and, and bring home a victory. It's a good point, Mac. And I mean, recent years, the ACC has struggled a bit in bowl season. So this could be big. And I think there's a lot of very winnable games. And we're going to we're going to break down each of these games individually. We'll have some episodes where we talk a couple bowls, especially this week where we're kind of in the beginning. And then we will give, of course, the cheese bowl the Orange Bowl, Duke's Mayo Bowl, these bigger bowls, their own episodes. So stay tuned for all of that. But first, Mac, before we get into all this, like we said, our podcast is sponsored by Duke's Mayo. I should, say, I should just say show because we are all over YouTube, so check that out. But the Y'all Star Sweepstakes is about to come to an end. It's very sad. But you need to get in now. The deadline is December 14th this week. So go to dukesmayo.com, enter the Y'all Star sweepstakes, and this is what you can win. Four pregame field passes for the Dukes Mayo Bowl, NC State and Maryland. Four on-field tickets where you can sit in the Dukes Mayo twang throne. Doesn't get any better. You've got a stadium tour at Bank of America, which is pretty cool. you got a travel voucher, 250 Visa gift card, and swag, all sorts of mayo, and you can you get to see either Mike Loxley or Dave Doran get dunked in mayo, and Mac and I were just talking about this. I, Dave Doran, he's one of those coaches where, and we really like Dave, I could see him not being down with the mayo, so you've got that drama postgame if they win. <laughs> not the drama of who's getting mayo dunked on him. Listen, it's for charity. 
we, we will speak with Coach, and if he hasn't made a decision by then, we'll maybe we can coerce him into doing that. Maybe we can get him to uh, to to lean into the mayo. It's good for your hair, Dave, and your beard, and just exfoliates and moisturizes the skin there. So we, we can make that happen. I think we can make that happen, KG. Um, here's the deal. I, I am very sad to tell you guys this because I, I was super excited on Friday. My weekend took a little bit of a, of a turn. Now, listen, you guys know I'm a big grill master. I love getting out there, love smoking meat, love doing all this stuff. And I was going to use, I think it's right here, this lovely product, uh, the, the brown sugar uh, mustard. Really that good mustard on will change your life. I was that use mustard that on will change your life. So instead, I had to go and help my pops. Haven't been able to do that all year long because of football, this and that. He's building a pool right now building oh. this really cool kind of entertainment area, uh, an outdoor bathroom, all these different things. So I had to go and do that. So on my first weekend off of college football season, I was out there working like a dog all day long. So, you know, whatever. That was fun. You're a good son. Yes. That is sometimes Yes. Um, but here's the deal. I didn't get to do that. So instead, tonight, Monday Night Football, check it out. Of course, mm. I'm making wings. And I found this new recipe. Don't, don't jump off the ship here, KG. Okay, I'm locked in. I'm using mayo as the binder. Ooh. So I have my wings in the bowl. I'm going to dump a bunch of mayo on it and mix it all in and then do the rub. I've never seen this before. Never tasted it before. Never seen it before. I was just kind of screwed. You know on Instagram where you just get locked in? And so I was just on there and this guy, I saw this guy dumping some mayo. It wasn't Dukes, by the way, which is baffling. Outrageous. Dumping mayo on there. And I'm like, I have to try this. I have to try some twang with some wings. So I'm going yes. to do that. There's going to be some other you know, stuff to check it out. So on Wednesday, you guys will see that final product and I can talk about how good or good it That's was good. not. I think it's going to be good, though. I'm really excited. I'm pumped, Mac. You're going to use this this guy right here? That guy right there. Classic. Or this guy right here. Whatever you want. To, whoever screen you want to True. look at, that's who I'm using. <laughs> okay. I can't wait to see all these turn out, Mac. And we'll let the people know and that's then right. maybe they can Absolutely. replicate your recipe. Have you ever thought of that? Okay. Did that throw you off when I just said that? Was that weird or not weird? Well, no. I mean, I like mayo is in things that you would not you wouldn't suspect. Know. You wouldn't know. Yeah. Desserts, all sorts of stuff. I mean, you can find all these recipes at dukesmayo.com. They've got a lot of good stuff there. And it works out. It's the consistency. You know, you can use it in quite a few things. And Mac, here's the thing. When you start talking about grilling, I don't question you. Like I, whatever you say to me is gospel. It goes my girl. When it comes That's to right. the grill. Come on. So I don't question you ever, Eric. Mac. I appreciate Why would I do that? I, pre- I will tell the truth though. If it's not good, I will tell y'all on Wednesday. Right. I will tell you. Because you, because that's just you. are doing a service to the art, really. We're transparent, right? Right, right, exactly. Okay, Mac. We've got some games to dive into. I'm just going to go chronologically. Initial thoughts on these games. Initial pick Come on these on. games. Ooh, early. So let's picks. start. Yeah, early picks. We will give our official picks on that bowls episode. But this one, just initial thoughts. Just, just seeing what we're thinking. And I've got Vegas lines too. Uh-oh. So the games start this week, December seventeenth. We have the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, 11 a.m. on ESPN in Boston, in Fenway. I think that's self-explanatory. Cincinnati, 9 and 3, versus Louisville, 7 and 5. The line is even. We don't have a favorite here. And this is a rivalry game, Mac. Yeah. Did you know that Louisville and Cincinnati, when they play, and they, they used to play every year, they battle for a trophy called the Keg of Nails, 
the winning trophy is a replica of a keg used to ship nails. And its use was initiated by the school's fraternity, signifying the winning team is tough as nails. <laughs> I love this, Mac. Let's go. <laughs> tough as nails. We have to show you how tough we are because we have so a tough. keg of nails. So do you, do you, in KG Stats and Info, do you have when this trophy was stopped being used? Like, is it still, will it be used also? In yes, the yes. So I was reading different things, trying to figure out who in the heck is Cincinnati's interim coach right. because well, that true. we still don't know. Right. And the release on Cincinnati's website said that they will battle. The trophy will be there. The keg of nails will be there. Who has? But we still who, don't know. Who has the keg? Um, that I'm not sure who won the last game. <laughs> but Cincinnati owns this, the the winning record in the series. Okay. But maybe the keg is coaching for Cincinnati because at least right now on December 11th when we're recording this, I cannot find who their interim coach is. I have no idea. Okay. Maybe Satterfield's just going to step in. And that would be crazy. Well, what are you doing on the 17th of December? Like, are you available? Could you could you fly up? You know, I would, Mac, but I'm actually flying to go call a game. So, <laughs> oh, man. Kelsey, I think Kelsey Riggs will be there. Maybe she can coach. Maybe she can Perfect. coach for Cincinnati. Whatever. Kelsey's available. Um, I'm fascinated by this game, KG. Not, not only because of the interesting coaching situation that mm-hmm. is revolving around this, where one coach is leaving the Power Five to go to the G5, who – We'll be going to the Big 12 soon. I understand. I was going to say. I understand that. Um, But it's only happened one other time, I think, ever. And that was our guy Dana going from West Virginia to Houston. I think that's the only other time that's ever happened. Um, So very interesting. Uh, I have my thoughts on that, which I think I've expressed, which I, I do not like. I'll say this, too, because there's a couple other instances where this happens. We always want to, like, ridicule kids for leaving schools and for opting out of this and this and that. Think of all the kids that actually did enjoy Coach Satterfield and that staff that are playing on this Louisville team that he jumped ship on and, and literally left them to go to the team that they're playing. That is and crazy to me. That's crazy to me. And we're going to preach loyalty and preach you should stay no matter what. you got to earn. Like, that's crazy to me. And, and mm. it's something where in this ever-changing world, like a couple of years ago, if you would have asked, like back in 2016, when this all first really started happening, where guys are opting out of games and this and that, I was ticked. I was like, "That's cr- like, I what remember. are you doing? This is crazy that you're doing that to your brothers and, and you're not going to play in this. I don't care what it is. Like, it's very rare times that I got to wear this helmet right here. And, and I cherished all of them. And, and now it's such a changed landscape where everybody's just leaving. Everybody's looking out for themselves where – I mean, how, how can I point a finger and say that? So, anyway, I have a lot of uh, feelings and emotions about this game. Um, and I don't know what the heck's going to happen. I don't know who the heck's playing. I don't know who's going to play. Like, we found a list of some opt-outs here uh, yeah. for each team. But who knows what that's going to be once we get to the actual game. So, when I look at it, I think kind of both defenses have been the strength. Like, we know Cincinnati right. for a couple of years now have really produced great talent. Got to the college football playoff last year. Sauce Gardner in the NFL right now, balling. Uh, we know what that Louisville defense has done all year long. So to me, KG, I think of those guys that play for Louisville, who can affect the quarterback, who can spark something, expecting a low-scoring game here. I think 42-and-a-half is the line. Uh, so I think that's what's going to do it. And who can step up to the occasion and make a big play defensively? It is going to be a defensive battle. I think everyone is pretty clear on that. Of course, Coach Brown, Louisville's D.C., went with Satterfield to Cincinnati. So you've got that. Deion Branch is the interim head coach for Louisville. Again, I don't know for Cincinnati. When you look at opt-outs, there's four opt-outs for Cincinnati. For Louisville, 
there are some really big names. Um, a lot of the running backs are opting out. Malik Cunningham is opting out to prepare for the draft, which honestly I get for him because he's been injured all year. Yep. Uh, Tyon Evans has gone to the draft. Tyler Hudson is not playing. And Keetrell Clark is not playing. These, oh. these are your dudes. These, these are your dudes. Now, from what I've read, um, I think Abdullah and Yaya Diaby are, are going to be there. So that's really all you need. <laughs> Cincinnati has the number one scoring defense in the American, yeah. allowing just 20 points per game. Mm-hmm. But we know what Louisville's done, sacking the quarterback. So I think, Mac, low-key, this game's going to be pretty hideous. Because these, Could be. I, I feel for these players. Yeah. I mean, you've got brand new coaches coming in mm-hmm. for this game. Cincinnati, we still don't know. Right. So I think it's be pretty ugly. That's why the total is so low. And for whatever reason, I think maybe the the revenge factor, Mac. I kind of lean Louisville. Really? Okay. Just because your coach just left you, like that has to. And right. I know Cincinnati's coach left them too, but sure. he went to Wisconsin. Right. Doesn't really matter. I kind of like that, yeah. right? And I know Brom can't coach, and I'm not quite sure on the rules here. Yeah. He's going to be there. Maybe he He's going to be there. I was going to say maybe he can speak to them. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But that's the way I'm leaning. No, I think it's his team, and I think uh, you know, I think he is probably going to choose not to coach. You know, I reflect back to when Coach Mark Rick got hired at Miami, and and he kind of was hands off until the season was over. He said, "Listen, yeah. you guys." Take care of this. I'll be around, but I'm not going to be involved. I'm not going to coach. So I'm sure he's going to be there, and I'm sure he's going to motivate those oh, yeah. guys. I mean, w- combined with that, which I'm super excited that he's coming home, we'll, we'll dive into that kind of in the postseason when we get out of football season, the offseason, excuse me, um, and get a talk to coach. Well, it would be great to bring him on here and you know just kind of see that decision because I feel like this has been a really long time coming. But combining that – with Dion Branch, two guys that have been there, done that, did everything for Louisville, and they just had a guy leave them uh, for a quote unquote lesser job, even though that might be not perceived that way because you know Cincinnati has been to the playoff. They're going to be fired up, and I'm with you. Yeah. I think that revenge deal. I think that you know kind of forget you mentality. I think that's going to show up. I think these guys play really hard. With that in mind, I'm with you. I'm, I'm leaning Louisville. We'll see if more names drop out. But right now, I think that defense, especially that defensive line and edge rushers, I think they're going to make it really tough on Cincinnati. And you've got Brock Doman, who's played a lot for you, and that's going to be your right. QB1 in this game. Yep. So, And Cincinnati's offense hasn't been incredibly impressive this year. They've really been able to win games with their defense. But I, I love the revenge factor in that game, Mac. Next up for us on December 23rd, and I, I, wrote, I wanted to write down the full names of these bowls, Mac, okay, so the sponsors <laughs> can all get their due. That's great. We've got the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl, hmm. 6.30 p.m. on ESPN. Wake Forest, 7-5 and five versus Missouri, 6-6. Six and six. Right now, Wake Forest is a one-point favorite. This game is played in Tampa, so should be good weather and all that. We, we know that this game means a lot, I think, to both programs, but specifically for Wake with the success they've had in bowl games recently and for this being Sam Hartman's, we think, last game. Um, I haven't seen... Any opt-outs for Wake Forest? The big ones for Missouri, you've got Dominic Lovett, who is that dude. Yeah. Great wide receiver. Very good. He has opted out to go into the portal. Also some other names. Zach Lovett, which I'm assuming is his brother. DJ Jackson, a DB, and Travion Ford, a a defensive lineman. So I've seen a couple big opt-outs for Mizzou and not much for Wake, Mac. Yeah, well, I think the the biggest story of this game is – 
it's all about Sam Hardman. And can he get one more touchdown, you know, and, and break the record and, oh, yeah. and stand alone with being the, the all-time leading, you know, touchdown passer there. And and was cool for him to kind of, you know, be, be a little bit of a, a of a young man. I don't want to say a kid, but to be a kid and to, you know, kind of talk about it and, and what that would mean and how cool it would be and to talk about that, you know, when, when the season's over. But I, I have to think that's a really big deal. You know, there, there's been so much floating around with Sam and, you know, is he is he going to the league? Is he going to play somewhere else? Is he gonna you know get some massive NIL deal and go play for X school? I don't know, but I can't wait to figure it out, and I can't wait to see you know what what happens, what goes there. But the biggest thing is get that one touchdown and let's sail off into the sunset, my man, for what you've done for Wake football. So excited to see that. You know, anytime you can see history, um, and, and of course that weather, like you said, if it can stay dry, uh, you yeah. know, I, I think that could be really good, especially for this Wake offense that at times this year. Yeah, you know, we've seen B, uh, you know, one of the best in the country, one of the most explosive. Uh, but there's been some hiccups as well. I think we see the sharper version of those guys. Well, I do think Sam Hartman will have this team locked in, and it's kind of surprising when you look back at Wake's final stretch this year. They've lost four of their last five. Yeah, is it surprising I I, though? Is it surprising? I mean, That's just I what knew they do. that. What they do? I knew that, but four of their last five, oh, and they've right. played. A lot of really good teams in that stretch, so, you know, keep that in mind. But Missouri, I believe, has won their last two, so Missouri's probably feeling a little better, but, of course, they're without their best wide receiver and love it. And just a few more little nuggets here, Mac. Wake is 1-4 straight up in his last five games. As we've said, they lost four the last five. Missouri is 6-3 and three against the spread in their last nine games this year. Wake is a one-point favorite. Mm. I think I still lean Wake, Mac. I think Sam Hartman, to me, and I don't know much about where Missouri is. They're 6-6. Six and six, They're bowl eligible. I think this game might mean a little more to Wake. Sure. Probably because of the Sam Hartman factor. Right. And I think, you know, when you're losing a player that's as special as Lovin, I mean, he, he was right. a majority of their offense, you know, this year in the receiving game and the things that he could do. So that's going to be tough, you know, seeing young guys step up, next guy up mentality, you know, for Missouri – one point game. It's basically a pick 'em, two pick 'ems in a row here now. Uh, so, yeah. so I'm going with Wake. I think exactly what you said that that inspiration to to ball out for Sam and for him to to get that record. I, I think is really important to everybody involved. I can't speak for Mac, but I I get less Homer as this goes on with some of these <laughs> ACC picks. Um, but for this next one, I still think I'm leaning ACC. Come December twenty eighth. Well, hold on. Let bowl. me tell you, you cannot lean with this pick. So I think you were pretty. Okay. You were pretty adamant about You're your right, Blue I Devils. Was. You're oh pretty gosh. adamant. I totally forgot I said that. Thank you for keeping me honest. Okay, the Military Bowl presented by Paraton, not Peloton. What is Paraton. a Paraton? Do you know what a Paraton is? Maybe it's a military thing. I don't know. We should probably know that. Uh, UCF nine and four versus Duke eight and four. Duke is a one point favorite. The total is sixty two and a half. Played in Annapolis, Maryland. When you look at opt-outs, I haven't seen any for Duke. That's another trend. I think overall, if we're just looking, especially these first couple games, well, with Duke and Wake, they have a lot less opt-outs than their opponent. For UCF, they've got like five guys in the portal. But the big question for UCF is John Reese Plumley, who pulled his hammy um, in the two-lane game. Will he be 100% to play on December 28th? Now, he's had about a month to recover. I've never pulled a hammy, Matt. I don't know if you have. But that's the big question for UCF. I don't know. Is that is <laughs> that you've never that, pulled a hammy? I don't know if that is impressive or depressing. Which one do you think? 
that I've never pulled a hamstring. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, I'll take it. I'm happy. <laughs> I think it's impressive. I think it's impressive. You, you were you were a limber athlete. I'm just thinking <laughs> at basketball. There's a lot of explosion. That's that's a pretty uh, interesting injury to I have, have in there. I mean, I'm a big yoga person. <laughs> were you I back then? Though? Were you back then? No, not necessarily, yeah. but I still. I don't know. You had to keep Stay the bone. Like my bones already felt old. You got to stretch, Max. Stretching and recovery is very yeah. important. Yeah. Well, see, I didn't move very far in, in my athletic ability. So I, I didn't have the opportunity to snap a hamstring there. So I, I'm oh, with good. you there. I'm so we both, we yeah. both didn't. That's we're great. We're super lucky. Uh, you know what's interesting <laughs> about this game is just how similar these two teams are. When, when you look at the yeah. quarterback position, especially, I mean, you've got two game breakers, uh, you know, with what they're going to run out there with Plumley, with Leonard. Two guys that are leading their team in rushing as well from the quarterback position. I think Plumley leads the country in quarterback yards there. He he's a freak with what he can do with his legs. Has 145 carries right at, you know, 840 yards. I mean, an absolute weapon. They're, they're going to use yeah. him in the run game time and time again. How affected is that because of his injury, because of his health? And, and is he fully back? That will certainly be what what we want to pay attention to. Uh Leonard, I think, is full speed. I mean, this guy is. He's hit the ground running this year, has looked really, really dominant all year long. He's looked super effective the way he uses his legs and his arm. Man, the future of the ACC and these young quarterbacks that we have is very exciting and cannot wait to you know kind of dive into them. So can he put an exclamation point on this season, get nine wins you know, for the ACC Coach of the Year and, and Coach Elko and really get all kinds of momentum going into next season. That, that's what I'm excited to see. I think they get it done. I, I think this Duke team just, man, they, they play with a different confidence than we've seen in, in a long time from Duke, maybe since 2013. And uh, I, I think they get that done and get to nine. 100% that confidence, I think, is is different. I think this game is very important for the ACC as a whole. If you could see Duke beat UCF, which is still a, a big brand right. that people respect because of a lot of their recent success, and they're a nine-win team. They're looking for that 10th win. I think this would be really big for the league and just for Duke in general as they continue to build. Because of the question marks with Plumlee, and you know, I, I saw a Louisville team beat this UCF team. I, I feel like Duke can do it, and I feel like this game, not that it doesn't mean a lot to UCF because I'm sure it does, but with this kind of season that Duke has had, this would be such an exclamation point for them. Yeah, well, so, I, I do. I'm Lena Duke. Yeah, I, I'm. I think this is important to UCF, though. I mean, this is a this is a no, big deal for them to you know beat an ACC team, to beat a Power Five team, and th- this is going to be a gritty game. I, I, I'm looking at the number here, trying to find it actually as I'm talking, clicking around here. Uh, I bet these guys go back 62 and a half. Absolutely, I might even go yeah. over because I think it's going to be a lot of back and forth, pending Plumley, like of course of what mm-hmm. what he can do there and his ability. But I, I think that's going to be a lot of points in that game. And it's almost a pick them, too. It's Duke minus one. Right. So, no, I, I think this game means a lot to UCF, too, to get that 10th win. Absolutely. It be really big for them. Absolutely. So, I, I just, like I said, didn't I guarantee a Duke bowl you win? You guarantee. It was a Gramlin okay. guarantee. It was a Gramlin guarantee. All right, Duke. <laughs> Got to roll. Help me out here. Roll with the devils. <laughs> Help me out. So, those first three were really all pick and we leaned ACC. This next game, Mac, I'll just tell you. Before we talk about it, I'm not really leaning ACC here. Oh, no. December 28th, the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Number 15, Oregon, 9-3, and three, versus North Carolina, 9-4. and four. Last I checked, Oregon's a 14-point favorite. Yes. It's pretty big. That's the biggest Crazy. number of bowl season for an ACC team. Uh, the total is 70. And for Oregon, Christian Gonzalez is a really good corner for them. He's going to the draft. Eight other guys have entered the portal. 
But the main thing is that Bo Nix will play, and that's huge for Oregon. We know for North Carolina, Drake May is playing. Obviously, he's he can't go to the draft yet, and he said he's back and he's ready to go. But Storm Duck, Tony Grimes, Cameron Kelly, I mean, the list goes on and on of these defensive guys, specifically DBs, that have entered the portal. So if you're trying to slow down Bo Nix and your defense has already struggled and then all these dudes have entered the portal, I don't even know who's playing in the secondary right. for UNC. Man. Right. I mean, I, who's left on the roster? I mean, UNC might have DB tryouts mid uh, of bowl <laughs> practice. I mean, going into the, oh, the, the second semester here, uh, it, it's crazy. I mean, I think I've seen – eight or nine DBs, and I think mostly corners, like seven or six or seven corners, and then two or three safeties. I mean, that's crazy. And, and you're going against this Oregon team that has a really, really good offensive line, has a, yeah. a quarterback who was right there in the mix for the Heisman at one point, just like your quarterback was, and it is is probably a little angry. They weren't playing in, in a big tw- or uh, pack. What is it? The Pac-10, Pac-12 championship there and having a shot at the Rose Bowl. So I think they're going to want to really prove right. a point, albeit a lot of opt-outs and, and some things that will be interesting. I just don't know. You know who I would have loved to see in this game? FSU. Mm. I would have loved to see yes. the Knowles and the Ducks battling it out out in California. I, I don't know why this – this is a weird mix because you've got a team in UNC, KG, that's really deflated right now. Right. I would almost – Prefer UNC Oklahoma yes, in the Bowl, absolutely, and Florida State Oregon. I think that w- those would both be better. I don't games. know whose decision it was to send UC- UNC out there. Uh, but big probably miss. big miss. The Cheez-It Bowl saying we want Florida State. That that's how do they get the du- How do they pick six and six Oklahoma and then the second best ACC team? That's crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy. and see a lot of this again. It goes back to it's such a business like. If we're thinking of fans, we wouldn't have done this because of the best games. And if we're thinking of the players, we probably wouldn't have done that because of the best games. Right. But the Bulls, you know, the Cheez-It Bowl is pretty high up there in the pecking order in the ACC of who they want. And they're in Orlando. So, of course, they want Florida State. I get that. But Crazy. I'm leaning Oregon in this game, Mac. I, I still I think this game will be fun to watch. I still think UNC can score. But the UNC defense, with how they looked against Clemson and then with all the depletions, I just wonder where that locker room is right now. Yeah, and by the way, Josh Downs isn't playing either. He's opt out. Josh he's, Downs, he's thank you. Yes. So uh, it, it'll be interesting. We will have to see the best, absolute best version of Drake May. Yeah. Like he, he will have to be Mr. Do everything. Do it all for <laughs> UNC if, if they want to even compete. I, I won't even say win. I just say compete in this game because I think it could get pretty lopsided because you're looking at – Again, one of the best offensive lines in the country going against a very lackluster defensive line that also is missing some guys. I think Keyshawn Silver has gone yes, into the transfer the portal. portal and is saying that he's going to opt out. So not that he was an impactful guy while he was there or this season, but, man, it, it's it's going to be interesting. If I'm Oregon, I'm running the ball every play, and uh, I, I'm just relying on those big guys up front and seeing what they can do. Well, speaking of a team that we kind of wish would have been in that bowl, December 29th, we have the Cheez-It Bowl. Oklahoma, 6-6, six and six, versus number 13, Florida State, 9-3. and three. FSU is looking for that 10th win, which would be huge for the program to catapult it into next year. Florida State's a 7.5-point favorite. The total is 65.5, and as we've said, this game is in Orlando. The big news here, Mac, and I think 7.5 is low. That number might shoot up by the time this game is played. I haven't seen we've we've seen one or two guys enter the portal for FSU, but basically no one. I mean, everyone's playing in this game. For Oklahoma, uh, Wanya Morris, offensive tackle, off to the draft. Anton Harrison, another offensive lineman, off to the draft. Eric Gray, running back, off to the draft. 
Jalen Redmond, D-lineman off to the draft. Theo Weiss, wide receiver in the portal. OU's got a lot of guys moving on. I, I If you're an Oklahoma player, you're looking at this game and you're thinking, yikes. Yeah, they wanted us because of the brand, but we're playing FSU right. and FSU's really good. I, I I feel really good about FSU right. in this game. Well, the, the the last time that we saw Oklahoma play in this game oh. was 2014. I was a part of that, and we absolutely killed them. And I, I think remember. I think we might see something just like that. I'm not sure why the the, the line and the point total don't add up to me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how you think those guys are going to score that much. Like right. I really don't see right. that happening at all. On top of the fact, uh, all those guys you mentioned, there's another tackle missing. The left and right tackle are not going to be there. So you're going to have two super young, inexperienced guys going against Jared Verse. Have fun. Good luck. Uh, and, and I think that it's going to be. Doctors. I think it's going to be domination. I, I I think that the safest bet of bowl season is FSU mm. to just blow out that number. Seven and a half, easy. Take those guys all day long. I, I think that it's it's really – I think they look at it as an opportunity to be in the top ten in the preseason for next year, and I think that's exactly what they're going to do. 100%. Mac, I, you're talking about guarantee. I, I agree <laughs> with this, and I'm not sure there's a team, not just in the ACC, but outside of – the, you know, the, for the entire country outside of the playoff. I'm not sure there's a team that's going to be more motivated right. for a bowl game yeah. where their bowl game means more to them mm-hmm. than Florida state. Mm-hmm. It just means more to get that 10th win for a team that some people didn't even have in a bowl game because of that schedule. And to have, I'm, a, I'm sure a lot of Knowles fans are going to be there right. in Orlando right. for that game. So I totally agree, Mac book this thing, that's guarantee right. it. FSU minus seven and a half, whatever the Easy. line is, I would take Easy. it. Easy, no question, no question about it. And I think a, a little interesting nugget about this as well is: so FSU going to end their season here in Orlando next year. They're going to start it in Orlando against LSU. Ooh. So two games in a row, they're going to be playing in the same stadium, the same city, and I think absolutely representing. Cannot wait that that game in Orlando versus LSU next year is going to be bonkers. I can't wait yeah. to see that. Can't wait to see it. Absolutely wild. Totally agree. Okay. December 29th as well, in addition to the Cheez-It Bowl, we have the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. Come on. In Yankee Stadium, Syracuse 7-5 versus Minnesota 8-4. Minnesota right now is a 7.5-point favorite. The total is 42. Minnesota is playing really well right now. Um, they don't have that many opt-outs, and neither does Syracuse. So you're, I think you're going to see kind of the, at least as of now, the, the cores of both of these teams. Minnesota has won four of their last five. We know Syracuse has lost four of their last five. And Minnesota's only allowing about 100 rushing yards per game. <laughs> I I think it's going to be cool to play in Yankee Stadium. That's going to be a heck of an experience. You're obviously closer to Syracuse when you're in New York. But the way Syracuse finished the year and the way Minnesota finished the year, I think I'm leaning gophers here. I, I've got two things for you here before we start. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did Syracuse not like – Beg and plead and scream, do not send us to the pinstripe bowl. Do you remember that? Like right when they no, got bowl eligible, that. I'm pretty sure they're they like. They want to go to the pinstripe no, bowl? No, because they want to go somewhere else. They want to like get out of New York. Oh. They want to get out of New York. Somewhere warm. I just, I, re- I vaguely remember that. Please, if you guys are listening, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm 90% sure Syracuse was like, dear That's ACC gods, please do not send us to the pinstripe They want to go to like the. Um, like to Boston. The they want to go like, to Tampa or something. Fenway. Like they want to go anywhere but New York. Anywhere but interesting. Um, so that that's an interesting fact. Second thing, did you ever play a basketball game in anything but a basketball arena? Um, the Carrier Dome. 
Oh, you did? Okay, I forgot about that. Yes. I forgot about that. Okay. And that was weird. Okay. I did not like it. <laughs> Super interesting. I didn't shoot the ball well. Because the sight lines, yeah, everything's different, right? Yes. Depth perception. It messed with me. Yeah. I didn't like it. I, I, did you ever play a football game in a different no. game? No, thank the Lord. I only played on football stadiums. I couldn't imagine playing on a baseball field. Like, there's probably parts of it that are relatively unsafe, how close it is, like the stands. And then there's others where it's probably like miles, like fans cannot see you. You could be standing there on the sideline waving. They cannot see you because they're so far away. So I'm very intrigued uh, to see that. Thirdly, looking at this game, Minnesota's going to run for 300 yards. That's just, Mm. they're going to ground and pound. They're going to run the football. Unfortunately, that has been the... The Achilles heel of this team, and nothing's going to change on, on overnight. They're losing their defensive coordinator. He's headed out. He's out of there. Um, they lost their offensive coordinator. Syracuse Nine. is going through a ton right now in, in regards to changes and, and what they're dealing with, what they're not dealing with, things of that nature. So they might have all their players, but they're not going to have any of their play callers uh, to, to get them in the right set there. So it's going to be really interesting just to see what does that team come out and look like. Is it that kind of us-versus-everybody mentality or – is going to be more of the same what we've seen from them defensively and just really not have a shot here. I think the physicality for Minnesota up front is is going to be a little bit overwhelming for Syracuse. Minnesota just feels like the stable the more much more stable program right now. And this is Minnesota going for a ninth win. Yeah, it's big. Who would have thought? It's big. Massive. Oh, nine win Minnesota. They'd have more wins than their quarterback has passing touchdowns. That is but that's the big ten. Not baby. as many as years he's been in college. So it's it's very close. It's very close. <laughs> Tanner Morgan has been there for decades. Forever. We're the same age. Decades. We're the same age. Same hairline, same age. He's older than Stetson. Okay. <laughs> three final bowl games to talk about, Mac, and three of the biggest. All on December 30th. Let's get into the Capital One Orange Bowl in Miami. Number six, Tennessee, ten and two, versus number seven, Clemson, eleven and two. Right now, Clemson is a six and a half point favorite. The total is 64. Clemson's had quite a few guys enter the portal. The main one is DJU. We know that he's not going to be down there in Miami. It's going to be the Cade Klubnik show. The backup is just going to be Hunter Johnson, one of those dudes, but it's going to be all about Cade Klubnik. Kobe Pace, EJ Williams, Fred Davis also in the portal. For Tennessee, Lynn J. Dixon in the portal. It's all full circle wow. there. And then um, Jimmy Callaway, wide receiver for Tennessee. And, of course, Hinton Hooker is injured. He's not playing. This bowl game has become the Joe Milton versus Cade Klubnik bowl game. And what's ironic, Mac, is I feel like Joe Milton is low-key DJ Uyunglele. Yes. They are almost the same player. Yes. So we're wow. going to see that clash, which is going to be we, Have we discussed this before? Have, have you we spoken about I don't know. That? I just – I know Joe Milton, and I'm like, that's wow. DJU. Yes, he, he absolutely is. He's got a really strong arm, but just can't control it. He's a pretty good runner. And he's a big good, dude. Yeah, he's like big 250 guy. pounds. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's hysterical that you mm-hmm. say that. I think the exact same thing. I mean, this Tennessee D offense that is averaging 50 points a game ain't going to be the same offense. Now you say, oh, well, no. they, they did against Vanderbilt. Oh, they scored and 50 on Vanderbilt. Jalen Hyatt has opted out. That's another right. big one that obviously right. needs to be said. Which I'm yeah. sad about that because I, I really wanted to see what he was going to be able to do in this game. But I understand. When you win the Blitnikoff, go get your money, get out, stay healthy, whatever you got to do. But it's going to be a very different-looking Tennessee offense and, and an inspired defense from Clemson, kind of new life, if you will, when you just look at the team and Cade Klubnick coming in. Really just gave juice to everybody. I mean, everything changed in that ACC championship or when, when he went in the game Defense, special teams, offense, position-wise. I mean, it, it, I've never seen anything like that. 
KG, where we've mm-hmm. seen everybody just kind of juiced up. The interesting thing about this game is is Clemson six and a half, but FPI ESPN heavily favoring the Volunteers. They're at like sixty percent. Interesting. It's crazy to look at this and and just to see kind of the the differential there. I think Clemson rolls. I think that that offense is really just – it's a different animal with Cade. Now, you have to take it with a grain of salt. We mentioned this after the ACC championship. UNC has the worst defense in the league. Right. Tennessee's defense, good at keeping people out of the end zone, also giving up 400-plus yards a game. So it's not drastically different, but it's just another stage, another setting kind of here for them. And, of course, they're, they're going to have pieces of what that offense looked like. So I'm intrigued to see it, but just – it's a different Clemson than, than you know folks saw all year long. The other thing I love with this game, Mac, is I think the coaching battle is going to be fascinating because all the film you can watch on Tennessee all year has Hinton Hooker, besides the Vandy game. It's true. All the film you can watch on Clemson all year pretty much has DJU, except for the UNC game. So do you throw in some different wrinkles? I think you have to if you're each staff. Tennessee, they have the athletes to be able to build a game plan around Joe Milton and his skill set. They've got plenty of time. And, of course, Clemson with Cade. So how ready can you be for for what the other team's going to throw out there? And maybe even for Clemson when it comes to Tennessee offensively, what are you going to see? I I think that's going to be a a challenge because you're not quite sure what's going to happen. Well, you you know what's really fascinating about that is for the the Hendon versus Joe kind of deal there is they're so drastically different. They're so different. You have a little bit of tape from last season, too, you know, when Joe started before he got hurt. So I think you just trust your evaluation. I think you really do because he, he he's not going to throw it for 300 yards. And if he does, that's on you. Like you just had a really bad day defensively. You look at that Vanderbilt game, he threw the ball 20 times for 140 yards. Like they turned into a running team. They ran it for 360 yards. On I will bet yeah. my future earnings, life savings, house, whatever you want, there's no shot they're running for 360 yards. That it's just it's not going to happen. So game plan wise, for Tennessee, what, what do you do? Because that's not ha- you cannot just bank on that that we're right. going to be able to do that. You're going to have to throw the football. So Joe, what do you like? What, what do you want to run? RPO? You want quick? You got to get the ball out quickly. It, it's going to be a different look from that. But at the end of the day, that is who he is, and that's what they can do with him at QB. On the complete other page, Clemson's playbook is wide open and they can run anything mm-hmm. that they want with Cade. And there's no limitations in athletic ability or explosiveness or rolling left, rolling right, whatever you want to do. He, he can do that. And he showed that you know, in his time. So I'm fascinated. I, I can't wait to see this. We'll be there. The huddle will be there live. And uh, we're going to have a fun time down in Miami. I can't wait. The orangest orange bowl of all time. Right. I just, when you look at who these teams won't have, I think it's obvious that Tennessee is worse without Hendon Hooker and Jalen okay. Hyatt. I don't think okay. anybody would argue against that. No. And then when you look at Clemson, no one's going to say Clemson's worse right. with Klubnik. <laughs> right. Now, some might argue if they're technically better, we'll see how Klubnik looks against Tennessee, but they're not worse. So that that's the way I would look at this game. And I think that game, this game, Mac, the Orange Bowl is really big for the ACC. Absolutely. Your ACC champion going up against Tennessee, who's probably the second or third best team in the SEC, depending on how you look mm-hmm. at it, without their starting quarterback. I it's a must win, right. I believe, for Clemson and for the league. Right. Well, I, I think it's safe to say they're the second best team, you know, with with how they played Georgia, because yeah. then Alabama they beat LSU and killing yeah. LSU. So I think they're right there. So massive opportunity, really, for both these teams, you know, for for bragging rights and and for you know momentum going into the off season. 
All right, two more bowl games here. I think my favorite name, December 30th, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl <laughs> in El Paso, Texas. Just so many random things combined into that bowl game. Pitt, 8-4 and four versus number 18, UCLA, 9-3. and three. UCLA is a six-point favorite. The total is 57.5. As of now, Chip Kelly was asked about this, and he has said that everyone's practicing, so it seems that Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the QB, and Charbonnet, the, the running back, are going to play. So that's great for UCLA. For Pitt, Kalijah Kansi's opting out to go to the draft. He's been a werewolf for you. He's probably been, your besides Vanikanda, your best player. And then Keaton Slovis in the portal. Who plays QB? Is it is it Nick Patty? Is Nick it Nick Patty, Patty time, Mac? <laughs> the, the second bowl game in a row now that, that Pitt is going to have yes. to go to a backup, maybe a third-string quarterback when, when it's all said and done here. Uh, the Kalijah Kansi piece, obviously massive, obviously hurts you. Um, he had some surgery. He had a sling on at the ACC Awards, so not sure he'd be able to play even if he wanted yeah. to from a health standpoint. John Morgan, I just saw, is, is jumping into the portal, so he might not be playing in this game, probably won't be. Um, Baldinaldo, what does his health look like? Is he going mm-hmm. to be available? This might be a very different-looking defensive line, a glimpse of the future, which could be a good or bad thing uh, for, for Pitt fans there. But one thing that I always know, KG, is – whether you have the players or not from a, a dynamic werewolf standpoint, the scheme for Pitt has always been true. Like they're going to get to the quarterback. They're going to affect you. Now you've got a really athletic guy, a really good quarterback on the other end that does not make a lot of mistakes in DTR, who who has shown time and time again he's an absolute ball player. So it could hurt you. You know, Pitt goes man a bunch. And they're, they're going to be looking at, at their wide receiver. He might be 30 yards downfield before anybody turns around and realizes they have to make a play if he's available, if he goes, if he's not opting out. So this is going to be fat, uh, really fascinating to see how does Pitt want to attack UCLA. I think at the end of the day, if, if Izzy's healthy, you give him to him 30 times, you, you ground and pound, you try to really shorten the game. The best defense might be offense and, and just not giving DTR – uh, and, and that you know, electric running back that UCLA has as well, extra possessions, a lot of time, really make them frustrated with the lack of possessions that they might have. This this would be a big upset, I think, for Pitt, just because you, you really don't know who your quarterback yeah. is, and you're you're missing Kalijah Kansi. So I lean UCLA in this game. I think UCLA minus six is probably a good play, yeah. but I also know the Nardus, and I know that Pitt. I mean, UCLA is obviously going to be pumped for this game. They're trying to get their tenth win. But Pitt's going to come to play, and Pitt, Pitt's never going to sit there and feel sorry for themselves. No. I mean, they're going to go find a way to put a game plan together. I, I think just you kind of lean towards quarterback here. I think DTR obviously going to be the, the most athletic guy on the field, you know, when, when they're on offense and when Pitt's on defense. And I think he just might be too much to handle if he plays. So if that stays true, I'm with you. I'm, I'm leaning UCLA here. Our final game to talk about, which is the most important game of bowl season. <laughs> and, of course, we'll have a whole episode dedicated to this bowl. December 30th also. The, December 30th, as we said, is a, a really big day. Duke's Mayo Bowl, Maryland 7-5 and five, against number 23, NC State 8-4. and four. Right now, last I saw, Mac, Maryland's a one-and-a-half-point favorite. The total is 48, played in Charlotte. Maryland has three guys, that three big names that I've seen opt out. For NC State, it's Devin Leary, who's entering the transfer portal. That's the big one. And just kind of some of the lingering injuries that NC State's had. Tim Beck is gone. He took the head coaching job at Coastal Carolina. Kurt Roper will call plays now. Who will play quarterback? I, yeah. That's the question for NC State. I'm kind of guessing it's it's Finley. I, don't, I, I mean, if MJ Morris has time to get healthy, of course, 
he's going to be in the discussion. But I, I think that kind of helps NC State. When Maryland's preparing, sure. they really don't know who to prepare for. <laughs> You've got three guys that you're potentially looking at uh, in Jack Chambers, Finley, and Morris yeah, and there. Chambers. Uh, that you're just like, man, what are, what are we going to do here? A lot, lot of periods in practice at different looking guys, but I'm, I'm with you. I think it's going to be Finley, barring you know MJ Morris being healthy, which you know it's a knee. You want to be careful. What's the point of probably rushing it, playing in a game like this? But if he's if he's ready to go, why not? Uh, the, the Beck thing will be interesting. Just how different you know does the offense look? I'm sure not much. Uh, they're going to keep that same communication, similar plays, but it's not him calling it. And when situations happen. It's going to be a different guy, and tendencies are, are going to be different. Uh, so, so very intrigued to see that. Uh, the, the biggest or best unit on the field is going to be the NC State defense at any given time in this game. How can they capitalize a lot of those seniors, a lot of guys moving on? How can they put an exclamation point on their season here, on their careers at NC State? Can they go and get nine wins, finish ranked you know, in the college football playoff mm-hmm. rankings there and really – you know, just solidify one of the more special classes that we've seen, you know, from NC State. And and I look at those linebackers, those guys that came in together that, you know, are are older guys um, that that really have an opportunity here. Thayer Thomas, his last game, expect to see him go absolutely nuts. And so at the end of the day, you know, coming down to a defensive type game, I'm rocking with the Wolfpack. I, I think that that will really change the deal. If they can get their hands on the football, create extra opportunity, You've got to do everything you can. We've seen NC State win a lot of different ways. I think we're going to see kind of that last one in this in this uh, you know kind of exclamation type game. And it's in Charlotte. I think that benefits NC State. Maryland's lost three of their last four. Yeah. They are coming off a thirty-seven to zero win over Rutgers, Shout so out. that's a little confidence boost. But I think NC State has, is playing better football going into this game. I would assume the Vegas line is because they don't know who's going to play quarterback <laughs> for NC State. I feel like that's the vibe there, but. As we've said, much more to come on every single one of these bowl games. Right now, Mac, and this will hopefully change, we agree on every game, at least our initial leans, and our initial leans has the ACC going 6-3. and three. That would be it's a, good year. a successful bowl Absolutely. season for the ACC. Absolutely. We'll see if That'd be huge. there's some more information that maybe changes our mind either Perhaps. way. We'll, we'll see. A, a lot can a lot can change in this new world, and we'll we'll stay on top of that, figuring it out. But can't wait to break these down in great depth in the coming weeks. Here, that's it from us, guys. Uh, really appreciate you guys. Go check out our producer Richmond Weaver. Rich take on sports does such a great job over there, telling stories. Has different athletes, coaches, all different kind of perspectives. It's a lot of fun to dive into all of that. All the great work he does from us. Really appreciate Rich. Uh, but also go check out us on YouTube. Mash that subscribe button, rate review there, but also over on Apple Podcasts, Gramlick and Mac Lane, presented by our great friends over at Duke's Mayo. That's it from us, guys. Until next time, we'll see y'all.